Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Ed Rudisell, sitting here as always with Arthur Black. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Hope you're having a good day. Today we've got a couple of guests here, and we're actually recording uh, at Creative Zombie Studios, so we're in a proper studio setting today rather than uh, <laughs> bouncing all over town. But um, the special occasion is we've got a couple of filmmakers here. Uh, originally from Indiana, they're getting ready to uh, screen their film, uh, which is called Bullet County. Uh, and we've got the writer and director, David McCracken, with us. Hi there. And also the producer, Josh. And how do you pronounce your last name, Josh? It's Reedford. Okay. I just want to assume. I, you know, I will respond to just about any any version of it. Right on, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Well, uh, we uh, we just found out that, that Josh is a uh, six-inch handler. <laughs> um, and you can interpret that a number of ways. I know I did. But it's in regards to how comfortable he is with, the, with six inches of distance between him and the mic. So, anyways, he's Josh, a musician. Uh, <laughs> Thank we, you. Um, saved you. We uh, and we're not even drinking. <laughs> no, no, no. We're excited about today because this offers us a new opportunity to kind of go down a pathway that we haven't touched on, but I think all of us enjoy film. And uh, Ed's here, fresh from a haircut. Yeah, and, man. it's looking yeah. good, man. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah, it looks I don't good. know what you usually look like, but Shaggier. I dig it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that's about right. And uh, I'm here fresh from the gym, you know, a little gun show action going on. Uh, Josh and David, what did you just get done doing on this fine gray day in Indianapolis? Uh, we've been driving around in the snow for most of the day. It's been a delight. Yeah. Where's, where's it's like snow going through a star field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You gotta be careful. That's hypnotic, man. I know. The Millennium Falcon. You're going into light the speed. First time I've heard Indiana referred to as like it's like it's driving through a star field. Oh no, I We're totally get it. We're not just drinking it. over here at night, man. That's really wow. It is it's freaky because yeah. you get your eyes focused on the wrong part. For those of you who don't right. know what we're talking about, when it is snowing and you've got your lights on, all those like snowflakes right in front of your car, your eyes want to focus on that instead of the road. Not a no, good thing. Yeah. <laughs> David, I'm, I'm already going to tell you, I'm going to steal that in a couple of weeks when I'm in Guatemala at this yoga ashram thing. I'm going to look up at the sky and I'm be like, it's like I'm looking at a, a star field. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more star field like in Guatemala than there's, here. There's just certain words you can say and you immediately sound high. I feel like star, <laughs> star field's one of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you definitely have some, some sort of hippie tendencies. But, hey, people say that about me. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. Um, well, Arthur kind of touched on it a little bit. But, I mean, we're sitting here drinking water today. It's a little bit early in the afternoon uh, for us. But, um we typically ask everybody what they had to drink last night. Now, I know you guys have been traveling around, you know, with the film, but uh, did you have any drinks last night? We did not because we were actually co-best men at our best friend's wedding the night before. Oh, okay. I was and so yesterday was a recovery day. Gotcha. I, yeah. I don't think you can speak for both of us here, David. I had my... Um, my usual nightcap of uh, of a little bit of bourbon. So I, I had some 1792 uh, small batch. Nice. It was, uh, it's okay. tasty. You know, it's simple, but it's a good way to fall asleep. And David, it doesn't have to be alcoholic. Like, what, did you have tea? Did you have Coke with dinner? Did you have milk? Did you have water? Did I actually you... had fresh squeezed orange juice a lot. Oh, nice. Ooh. There we go. Yeah, nice. How yeah. many uh, oranges did you go through? Oh, uh, <laughs> and, and, and how efficient is your squeezer? <laughs> I spend most of the day just squeezing oranges, and that's so not a euphemism. So you don't have an extremely efficient orange squeezing technique? I don't think so. No, I, I, I have to admit I bought it. I let somebody else there squeeze the oranges for me. Squeeze. That's what it says on the you label. You let somebody me. else squeeze the oranges, and you let us to believe you fucking squeezed them? I mean, oh I like God. to take credit for squeezing oranges. Delegation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just the distribution <laughs> responsibilities. You must be in management. 
Uh, I have been in management, but I mean, I feel like making movies is always partly management. You're just managing a ton of people. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm always doing that. Ed, what'd you drink, man? Uh, I had some Costa Rican coffee. Um, I mean, it wasn't super late in the night, but you know, in the evening. Caffeinated or decaffeinated? Always caffeinated. Really? Uh, coffee doesn't affect me super strongly. I, I mean, I could drink coffee half hour before bedtime. It wouldn't affect me. All right, so I was. I'm a not full, an insomniac like you are. I, I know, and I, and I was a full subscriber to the philosophy of like, why bother drinking coffee unless it's caffeinated? It's kind of like why smoke cigarettes unless it's the real shit that'll kill you and not the you know like fake shit that'll kill you. <laughs> you know, no pesticides, tobacco. Fuck that. You're still killing yourself. Just feel it if you're going to smoke and, and kill yourself. I guess is what I'm saying. Enjoy the slow death. Not yeah. that I am trying to insult anyone with lung cancer or anyone who has relatives with lung cancer. It's a tragic thing, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just taking a stance. So um, you had coffee that was caffeinated, which I cannot do uh, anymore. But my insomnia has been better since I've, I've been yeah, uh, right on, dry, man. man, a little bit. Like last night, slept like a fucking king. Wow. Yeah, and, and I can't even tell you like how long that's been. And you're so. drinking detox right now, right? Oh, what is I'm that, drinking right now, is and that like I'll that get to what I had last kind night. Of thing? Yeah, this is a, a lovely uh, detox by. Um, there's a place in Indianapolis with two units. Great place. Go support them. Called Garden Table. Uh, they're sort of like uh, brunch kind of centric, but their downtown location on Mass Ave does dinner, and they have all these awesome propriety uh, beverages. And um, this is called Detox Dream. It is lemon maple syrup ginger. Cayenne and um, charcoal, charcoal activated, filtered H two O. That's why it's black. Like, like, that yeah. looks pretty dark, man. <laughs> that's why the, it's not squid ink. Um, that's why it's black. And um, a lot of people don't find it too palatable. But uh, candidly, you wouldn't believe the shit I put in my mouth over the years. So <laughs> it's really not that hard for me to throw down. And then last night I had uh, my now habitual duca tea. Oh, that's right. You're big on the tea thing, which keep. Keep, uh, keep, uh, stay tuned to, to the podcast here because we're going to do a tea episode here in the next couple months. Yeah. If there are any, um, TEAs <laughs> or whatever the proper term for a fucking tea awesome guy, girl, uh, reach out because I'm currently looking, we're currently looking for someone who can really, you know, get funky town on, uh, the, the, the concept of tea. Let's get funky town on some bourbon. Well, I got to talk about Duca real quick. Oh, I'll say. Yeah. So for a very small demographic of two people that practice yoga out there, uh, maybe you've heard of Duca. Um, Duca is basically all the, the spiritual and all the physical shit you put in your body and hold on to in your body and traps you in some scar, which is this horrible cycle um, absent of nirvana or attaining it. So if you put a lot of shit in your body and beat yourself up, make your ass some tea and put some chamomile in there and some dandelion root in there and some turmeric, and some milk thistle, and some pepper, and... Uh, that sounds like a lot of work, man. It, it is, but it's <laughs> gratifying. Not from a flavor perspective, because it, it tastes like a big bowl of roots, but add some honey to that shit, yo. And listen to our honey podcast. It was a good one. We also talked about mead. All right, bourbon. Wow, I'm not used to you dry, man. You're like, <laughs> you are amped up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <agenda. laughs> yeah. like, I, what the fuck is in the activated charcoal? <laughs> um, the, the fucked up thing is I also stopped drinking all the, um, 
you know all the pre-workout shit if you work out there or work out out there and you try and get amp before you work out and all this stuff costs a lot of money and you get it from vitamin shops and it says very explicitly do not take for more than six to eight oh, weeks yeah. at a time i've been taking that shit for 25 years and I no quit bueno, taking man. that stuff too. So my 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 liver's fucking doing somersaults <laughs> right now. Um, all right, carry on. Bourbon. <laughs> well, more more importantly, a uh, a film that takes place on the Bourbon Trail. Um, right. So again, we as we already we introduced uh, David and Josh, but you know, we're, what's your background, guys? Um, are, are you from LA? From Indiana? You know, I I know you kind of got feet in both coasts. Um, David, where are you originally from? They're, they're straddling the straddling the country. Legs spread wide. <laughs> we, I'm from Evansville, Indiana, originally, and um, I currently live in Los Angeles. I moved out there in 09 to attend the uh, the graduate film program at USC. Awesome. And so uh, I did that for a while, and then uh, I worked at Robert Rodriguez's El Rey Network. I was a post-production manager there. Right on. And about that time uh, was when we started our company, Mr. Pictures, and whose first movie is this movie, Bullet County. So I was kind of... Straddling both worlds, more straddling there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of that. <laughs> we love straddling. Yeah, uh, I um, am also from Evansville originally. That's how David and I first met. Um, and yeah, we went to we went to high school and college together down in Evansville. And then uh, once we made our uh, first film, uh, which we shot a lot around Evansville, uh, then I pieced out and moved to the East Coast. I live in Boston right now. Um, you know, we thought, hey, we just started a film production company. Why not move to opposite sides of the United States? Sound business decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that way you're like right there if, if something happens or... Exactly. I mean, it's it's nice because like it, working on films, you kind of just go wherever the stories that you're telling take you. Sure. And so um, we kind of just have to be mobile. Um, you know, this last one was shot in Indiana and Kentucky, but we've got plans to shoot one in Montana and probably one in New Mexico or California maybe another one on the East Coast. I mean, it just, we have a lot of stories we need to tell. And so, you know, we don't really have a place that we are necessarily just anchored. Yeah, <laughs> We yeah, go we, where we, the stories tell us to go. It yeah, kind of I mean, sounds like alcohol. Like you start drinking <laughs> and you, you never know where you might end yeah. up. And there's you know, always going to be- Boston and now I'm in LA. There's always going to be a story. <laughs> and where do all the hookers come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all right, anyways. Um... That's really great now that we're like we're we're in kind of a culture where you can run a business like that, a small business, and still be you know connected or Skype away or you know fucking text, tweet, email. I mean, you can you can get stuff done and have collaborations like you could never have before, really. Yeah, yeah and the nice thing is too. I mean, well, it's it's nice and not, but but making movies, I think a lot of people see it as kind of this magical active experience. And I'd, I'd say probably 95% of it is tedium. You're, you know, sound editing and you're tinkering with background noises, wind. Um, you're, I mean, most of it is a bunch of emails back and forth that kind of like just trying to logistically plan everything. So the creative part is only a section. So you mean the actual like creative gratification pales in comparison to the uh, funding, the overhead, dealing with actors, dealing with natural mm -hmm. conditions, dealing with um, technical issues with film and um, budgets and all that other crap. I, I never would have thought. Yeah, it's funny because you actually, I mean, once you, uh, the idea hopefully <clears throat> is that you get a creative foundation strong enough, you, you'll hire the right people, you have a, a solid script and you have great actors so that pretty much the thing can run itself 
because you're going to just be spending a lot of time trying to fix problems. So you hope that it's got a strong enough foundation so that when things go wrong, and they always do, that you can just kind of solve those. Yeah, you know, it's you know. a lot like the restaurant business, I was man. Say, that's yeah. exactly yeah. Exactly. Here's the system, and it's all going to go to hell in an hour. So let's just yeah. try to stick with this loose framework as much as we yeah. can. Exactly. Be, like be proactive, like isolate and like fortify any variables that <laughs> right. you fucking can. Sure. Assume whatever can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then that way, in your positions, you're just there, like, on target, like, waiting for some shit to go wrong. Because theoretically, <laughs> everything should go right. But um, just by the numbers alone, something's going to go wrong. Yeah, you get that many people involved, especially creatives. A lot of them are a little crazy. And then, yeah, you put all those people all together. Right, so no names mentioned. <laughs> no, no names. <laughs> That's no, dish. Nothing, nothing incriminating or could give you away. So take liberty when telling the story. But there's got to be some serious, like, whack job fucking instances working with your colleagues i mean it, it's but there are yeah. yeah i mean i will my favorite story of, of any film that we've ever worked on and it didn't even have to do with the people that we were working with it just had to do with the circumstances did you wake uh, up with cheeseburgers in your shoes uh never in my shoes <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a season's cheeseburger that's right <laughs> Some call it the slider. Oh, wow! <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to let that one down, am I? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but my absolute favorite instance uh, <laughs> was was one of our past films, and we were shooting this scene in an old apartment building that was being renovated at the time. It was supposed to be this rundown place, and the scene was the CPS, Child Protection Services, showing up with a cop because these parents hadn't been taking care of their kid. And so they bust into the apartment and they're like, everyone's yelling and screaming and like somebody gets thrown through a wall. And so we were running this scene over and over again and just it's just screaming and chaos. And it was still early on in our career and somebody, me, forgot to <laughs> let the neighbors and the cops know what we were doing. Oh. And so, so they just heard for hours on end this screaming and crashing coming from this abandoned building. And at some point in the afternoon, one of the guy playing the cop went out in the hallway and the entire SWAT team was running up the stairs. Oh, shit. And he talked them down, luckily. Uh, and later on, apparently, the guy was like, if you hadn't walked out that door five seconds before or after when you did, we were getting ready to tear gas you because we were too scared to run in. Like, the entire SWAT team was there, He's and they were scared to go into this building. <laughs> All right, so that's a legit that's response insane, man. to the question I asked. That's, that's, that, that kicks ass, man. I mean, it'd be kind of like... It kind of suck, like, you know, if you guys did get killed and you're up in heaven, and like, well, how'd you die? Well, you know. <laughs> Misunderstanding. Like, I got ran over by a semi, and, I, you know, I died of cancer, and you're like, you're never going to fucking believe this shit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Especially because if that had happened, we wouldn't have even yeah. finished the movie, so we'd have nothing to show <laughs> for God it. forbid you finish the film. I mean, screw all the lives lost. Yeah. How'd <laughs> you a, die? Playing pretend. An, un- an unfinished piece of art. Criminal. Four people wow. got killed by the SWAT team, but we got the movie done. Got that movie. You, you said one of your movies. How many movies have you guys done? And what are they, and how can people watch them? Well, let's see. I mean, the, the I would say our first kind of one as me as writer, director, and Josh as producer, which I would say is our first kind of like, I don't know, legitimate official one, would be this movie, Bullet County. Mm-hmm. The one Josh is talking about is called Daylight, and that was one mm-hmm. where we were really just kind of like cutting our teeth and... Um, it was, you know, kind of a low, really low budget yeah. horror movie. We made it while David was in film school. Yeah. He had taken a semester off with a couple other guys. And we, uh, yeah, we, we, it was really, it was where we learned the ropes. And, and, uh, it, 
It's an okay movie. Yeah, it's uh, on you Amazon, can find it on iTunes. Amazon. Yeah. yeah, if you want to check it out, uh, yeah. like it's out there. <laughs> See that There's scene. no specifics. Like nobody look it up. But <laughs> we it's, don't really it's claim there. it, but it's there. <laughs> um, so what's this one about? It, for so it, this one is uh, it's a 1970s action thriller that takes place um, on in Kentucky uh, on this fictional bluegrass bourbon trail, and it's about these four friends that go off in search of this rumored buried prohibition money, and uh, they end up turning against each other, and things kind of just go apeshit, you know, as what ha- as happens when people go out in the woods looking for buried treasure <laughs> on um, the bourbon trail. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's well, I mean, kind. No one's done that. I know yeah, that that's an awesome it's, story. It does sound kick ass. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it really. We relate it to um, kind of a mix between No Country for Old Men. That's what I was saying. And you're the Shining, this, yeah. and uh, and a little bit of like Stand by Me and Deliverance. You, know, you get the kind of. <laughs> I was just about to ask. <laughs> Is there a deliverance scene? And don't take my enthusiasm by <laughs> thinking that I actually enjoyed the film Deliverance. I watched it once. It's a we, fucking awesome movie. It's a great movie, but I only need to hear a squeal like a pig once in my fucking life. I don't need, like, a buddy of mine told me, like, this movie's great. You gotta watch it. And I was watching it, and it was a good movie, and then that scene happened. I'm like, why my buddy? That was Ned Beatty, right? Yeah, I can't, see, you can't for, unsee it. For, it yeah. I can, because for me, Ned Beatty is, like... And network, you know, oh, you yeah. <laughs> screwed with the powers, Mr. Beal, or whatever the fuck he says. But that's, I, I love that scene. In, so, in is, is that the dude who was uh, receiving? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> make, make no mistake, there's very little male rape in our movie. So, good. Very good. Almost very good. good. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a genre you didn't go after. No, no. I have a hard time seeing that dude, um, Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty taking it up the sphincter. Um, well, you remember he voiced that pink teddy bear in Toy Story 3. Did and maybe that's why I think yeah. of him as kind of like, you know, a teddy bear. He kind of has a... He kind of is teddy bear-like. He's, he's teddy bear. He seems like a nice guy, and he always plays these parts that are kind of passive. Very passive in the case of... <laughs> yeah, but he's always got a little bit of that creepiness about him. Which I watched a couple of the trailers for uh, Bullet County, and there's definitely a weird kind of vibe in a couple of those. Like, I mean, it's definitely seems <laughs> yeah it's creepy, like, we, cre- creepy, <laughs> like well, come down to Uncle Touchy's no, basement. No, it's no, not that creepy. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's definitely a dark vibe, and at least in the two trailers that I saw that you released, you said there's some scenes out there that people can find as well. Mm. Yeah, part of it is that we wanted to take this kind of genre that's you know where you put friends and camping and that kind of thing, easy rider kind of thing, and put the twist on it where things aren't always what they seem, somebody might be going a little nuts. So there's a bit of a psychological element to it, and it is fun because we kind of skip around in time. You go back to the 60s for a little bit. So we tried to take all those genre elements, those things that you've seen before, and just you know put the little spin on it so it's something a little different that's not... You know, yeah, man. Too common. Well, you guys are, are pretty young guys, and you said this film set in the 70s? Yeah. So, like, what was the inspiration to yeah, do you, this I film at that you time got, frame? You got, I've got the you, perfect were answer. Were you born in, I don't think yeah. you were born no, in the 70s. No, there's no, no way there no, was. We were I'm, born I'm just making sure, okay. man. I, I know when I was fucking born. So <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the reason was, is, is it was actually two reasons. One was... Um, when it was originally set in modern day when I was writing it. And um, then Fargo season two was on. And that show is just incredible. Everybody says it's yeah. awesome. It, I've it's, never watched it's it. It's awesome. And and it's all in the 70s. And once I was kind of watching that while writing this, and because this one had a similar tone to it, I just couldn't unsee it in the 70s. So that was part of it. And then the other one was, honestly, when you 
try to get people lost in the woods or lost anywhere these days and it's set in modern times, you have to do that cell phone scene where uh-huh. uh, no service or battery low and they have super cuts of it on, on YouTube. And it's so funny how many movies do that. And so it was just one of those, hey, if we do it before cell phones, you don't have to deal with that anymore. I didn't think about that, but that is it's, a, it's yeah, a very the, stupid the big reason. glaring hole. Like, no, oh, how come they didn't just call somebody? Oh, yeah, just call. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have one of those uh, banters with an actor, like from Tropic Thunder, when he's like, you know, put him in the all cell phones, put him in the helmet. He's like, I ain't wearing no cell phone. I wear no cell phones in '65 or whatever. <laughs> uh, when Robert Downey Jr. is playing the pigmentation oh, right. adjusted oh, actor. Yeah. I actually didn't see the film. <laughs> you never saw <laughs> it. It's such so a good film. Is it, yeah. Dude, it's great. Man. Even if you Did don't, really? yeah. even if you don't care for um, like Ben Stiller, because I know you, you know. No, I mean the actors are all right, no, but some know. people love Adam Sandler, some people don't. Some people I, love Ben I, Stiller, I would be some people don't. don't. <laughs> but like, I, I can say I don't think there's any risk of Sandler coming onto the show. Tropic Thunder is <laughs> funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it is. It, it, it's awesome. You gotta go. Watch it tonight, man. Okay, all right, all when right. When you're drinking your Duke well, of tea. I, I w- would like to go see Bullet County, but apparently I don't get to do that quite yet because you guys are still screening. But, th- like, one of the big questions that I, I kept thinking about as we were getting ready for today was, like, why, other than, like, geographically you guys are from southern Indiana near Kentucky, but why set it on the bourbon trail? Like, was there a reason that you were like, we want to put it on the bourbon trail. We want to drink bourbon all day. <laughs> Free bourbon. Well, I, it really... Free it, bourbon. <laughs> yeah. I, in, I, I think the very, very original idea that we had for the film, it, it really was... I mean, it, it came from our love of, of visiting all the distilleries in Kentucky. Yeah, so um, you have been down there yeah, and yeah, I mean, we, the, the we, properties. That, that was... I, we were doing that long before we had even had the idea to start a production company. I mean, we'd been making films, but um, yeah, we we visited, I think, almost every distillery that was open at the time, and we just kind of fell in love with both the drink and the culture of it. I and mean, just there's such a, a rich history in it's a beautiful area too. It, it really, it's, I mean, it's a yeah, absolutely beautiful. History is very rich. Um, yep. You know, I always love that that bourbon itself acquired its name from the bourbon family, mm-hmm. the French family that helped us with some financing during. You know, certain wars, you know, independence, you know, that kind of thing. And the ironic thing is that um, our independence inspired the French Revolution. And the French Revolution is where a lot of the bourbon family members yep. got their fucking heads cut off. So I just always found that a peculiar element of uh, booze history. So, um, but the area's beautiful. You're, you're down in horse country. Yep. Um, where were some properties that you enjoyed visiting? I think one of my favorites is the uh, the Willet Distillery, uh, okay. which is down is that outside Bardstown, I think, and mm-hmm. it's you know it's one of the smaller operations, but it's family owned and it's just it's a gorgeous property. It, it, you just feel very at home when you're there. Um, it also has one of your favorite. Yeah, bourbons, I love too. I love their Noah's Mill bourbons. Yeah, you know, sure. it's just kind of one of my go tos. It's like bottle of what, 114 proof, so yeah. it's not brought down to that 80 level. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's a totally different experience visiting um, smaller facilities versus larger, and there there are benefits to to, to both in terms of overall understanding uh, everything of that particular alcohol genre. I was I was just up in Chicago at Few Distillery, and those guys are really cool and doing some cool things. And it was it was a one on one in a very small place. Um, and, uh, you know, I was able to just absolutely geek out with the guy and, and get all chemical and talk about. Us. That's what I do love about Kentucky is that, like, when you go to those distilleries, you very often get to meet the guys that are making the bourbon. Exactly. And, well, yeah, it's not and, and what was so cool was that when we just 
kind of stumbled. I mean, I never thought that I would be a bourbon guy or a whiskey guy. I had a bad experience in college and I had sworn off of it forever. And so when we started, I, I don't remember when that was, but it was like bourbon was just starting to make its huge boom back. And so a lot of these craft distilleries were didn't even have bourbon yet. You know, they were still waiting for their first batch. And so like, you know, we, we went to all these that were just at their grassroots, you know, places like Barrel House and Limestone Branch. And um, I, I can't even remember some of the other ones, but it was just some cool. Some of them closed to, already. Right. It, <laughs> yeah, but it's just cool to see them like being built from the ground up and meet the people that had the vision and they had their own recipe. And, um, you know, to kind of be in on that ground floor, like that was just really fascinating and it felt very special. And I think that's, informed a lot of of the story that we wanted to tell to be able to encapsulate that in in a movie and show off our love of bourbon did you get to actually shoot at any of the distilleries oh uh, we didn't and it, it actually uh it's be, part of a pl- the plot point it, it. it is yeah, yeah. um we right. we wanted to um and a again, because of the bourbon boom going on, a lot of them couldn't spare even a half a day to let a film crew come in. And so so that did kind of inform one of the plot points that, uh, and again, was also kind of an interesting twist because it was in the 70s when bourbon was declining. It actually allowed us to like, they go into one of their just favorite yeah. distilleries. And it's been- Working with the brands and, and with the facilities, it'd be hard to kind of replicate. You know, it's not like going to like, Tombstone or old Tucson, right, Arizona, right. or something, you know, or like you, hey, you know, can we just have like a corner that looks like, you know, 40 years ago? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the 70s were 40 years ago. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. they were. And part of it too is like when, when Josh was talking about earlier how we like to shoot on location, we don't really like doing stage work. So we really like to show off whatever, wherever our movies are set. And so that was definitely a big part was we weren't going to fake a distillery. You know, you could just shoot in a corner, but part of our love of it is the environment of it, is the rick houses, is, you know, the rural setting usually and that kind of thing. So yeah. if we From couldn't do trailers, that, we The cinematography is beautiful. I mean, you really capture, like, I mean, having been down into in bourbon country numerous times you really capture it it looks beautiful yeah well like you said it's a beautiful area just in and of itself and especially to set yeah. it in autumn when the colors are just exploding and and have that those warm colors of bourbon it really is i mean we were still able to, to capture that area and that that feeling oh, yeah. love that view from uh you guys been to wild turkey and like their yeah, tasting yeah. room and like the yeah. fall that over the valley just turns like every color of firework and all the trees going down the valley yeah, beautiful, it's spectacular. Man. One of mine, one of my favorites is Woodford because the drive there is just gorgeous. Yeah, it's pretty it pretty actually is. is on McCracken Pike. So, oh, uh, there we go. Cool. It's like kismet. Yeah. Is it uh, family? <laughs> no, I wish. Right? I like some of that sweet Woodford money. Done, yeah. done, done with this filmmaking thing. <laughs> like, what's that all about? Last time I was at Woodford, which is a great facility. If, if no one has ever been there, go check it out. It's really, really pretty country. Very rolling, you know, pastoral hills and and all that stuff. But the last time I was there. There, we our little tour of, of Bourbon Trail corresponded with about twelve absolute douchebags that were all driving um, uh, Lamborghinis. Oh. So oh. apparently these oh, douchebags really? just oh, whipping just around corners. Drunk. Swear, to, swear to God, this is like apparently this is what they do. It's it, it's got to be a club. They're all in their own Lamborghini. And they're, they're all in their own Lamborghini. Oh, oh no, seriously, see, I, I was floored by it. Because they they all like had to park a certain way, you know, take up like three fucking spaces. <laughs> sure. 
And, and some of these Lamborghinis weren't even like badass. And you thought you left LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Am I in Miami? But like every one of these cars, and they weren't all like new and they didn't all like look great, but apparently they, you know, they had a fucking Lamborghini. And then they were in the room when we were going through a tasting, and some guy in the back uh, was like, can I put this bourbon in my Lamborghini and run on it? And I almost kicked him in the face. Um, I wish you had. Right. I don't even know. Right. I don't even know. Like we walked out to leave. They're still there. It's like I'm going to key every one of these motherfuckers' <laughs> cars. You didn't, um, right? Because this no, would be no, all right. No, 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 all of a sudden, I'm going to get you know, eleven phone calls. I want to see your keys. Um, but um, check out Woodford. And then I, I, so it was it was filmed in the area around there. It was it was shot. But, um, it, a lot of a lot of the outdoors, like woods area, was actually shot partially in Indiana, just because like Brown County or a little bit further north. Uh, or, actually, more south, kind okay. of like the the, the the yeah the the region between Evansville and Louisville. That's it's such a beautiful stretch it, in there. It's and, so mm-hmm. much beautiful in the northern portion of Indiana. And no yeah. offense to our South Bend and Crown Point and Maryville, the region people, yeah. but it's just that's that's a shit drive from here to Chicago, here that's to Detroit. Flat. It's all mm-hmm. flat. And then you see all the signs about, like, you know, love Jesus, Jesus there is for you. <laughs> and then, you know, then you pass a couple of meth labs, and then your choices to listen to on the radio are between Rush Limbaugh, fucking evangelicals, and then sports, football. And, and neither of those are really on my target, except I think evangelicals. I have no doubt in my mind that there are a number of places in this country where I could go start a motherfucking cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You well, start it right here. I'd be down I mean, with starting a bourbon cult. Yeah, right. I'd be yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think well, they already did that pretty much in yeah. Bardstown. They they got a bourbon cult already there. I wouldn't want to cult with educated people. So I don't. Yeah. You know, oh, the, the five here people we go. here. <laughs> oh, are you gonna you're gonna edit yeah. this, Brad? You're gonna apologize to our fucking cult listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, You're doing right. us in on the cold, man. Yeah. We're already our membership Shit. drive has already gone to hell. And they almost tied the yoga demographic in numbers. Uh, what the fuck was I talking? Well, about? We were talking about shooting in, in oh, Indiana. Oh, southern Indiana is, is much more beautiful than northern Indiana. Yeah, that means you guys had to bring actors in, though, from I guess various locations, primarily California. Most, yeah, almost everybody was from LA. At least the like prince, like the most of the actors, and then uh, saw a lot of all the departments in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. There's you know uh, like our leads from Blackish, and uh, we actually tried to get a lot of comedic actors because the material is you know somewhat serious and you know spooky and that kind of thing. But we did want to kind of have that. Fargo, like dark humor vibe. And mm. so we wanted people who could handle comedy because a lot of the movie is funny if you're kind of keyed into that that tone. So uh, I just happen to have two great ideas for a comedy. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> Pitch me. I bet nobody ever pitches you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're our fucking guest. I got a mic in front of me. So, <laughs> so first he's a cult leader and now suddenly he's a filmmaker. He right? yeah. I'm, I'm spreading it around. Ed, do you, do you have any cool ideas for a movie? Not really. No? Nah, really? I don't know. All right, first idea. <laughs> I'm writing it down. It, <laughs> and I've said this a number of times for anybody who's had the displeasure of listening to me in lecture or anything. I want to do some kind of film work where I go to wine-producing regions around the world, and it starts off educational, and I'm talking about the vineyards, I'm talking about the climate, talking about the grapes and the wine, but I get progressively more drunk. And then at the end, I fight local wildlife. <laughs> 
Oh I my think, god, that is amazing. I like that. So, and I don't, I'm not sure that's a film, maybe a maybe TV a, show. A that, TV there's more of a TV show right, concept. Right. But <laughs> we don't talk to a lot of people that work in film, or at least I don't, so I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe they know somebody. Um, <laughs> I but, think the only thing that could make that better is if the, the, the season finale is you get drunk and then you fight Bigfoot. Ooh, yeah, because you found it. Imagine the wow. numbers that the Sasquatch coal would bring. Don't get Arthur started as conspiracy stuff. Oh, the Sasquatch. <laughs> the fucking Sasquatch coal. I'm coming for you. <laughs> You're going to become There's listeners. Fun little Easter egg. Every film we've ever made, we mentioned Sasquatch. There's, really? It's, yes. it's one of the, yeah. the requirements. Have to, like, watch every for Mr. It. Pictures film is, is where we have Sasquatch. Bigfoot is fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If, if, if we could afford a giant ape costume, we would actually have him in the background. But, I mean, you, know, you just missed yet. your chance. You just filmed out in the backwoods. Oh, and, that's perfect. Yeah, that would have... We should have just gotten just some really hairy vagrant to just walk around. Did we just, just like do that kind of <laughs> finally figure out why you filmed in Indiana and Kentucky? Like we need to get out in the backwoods and get a Sasquatch, and then the budget didn't we could allow do a the movies porn. Are ruse. Yeah, we could do a porn version and call it Fuck Squatch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Actually, it's, can, can we get alcohol? No, this is great. System. Bullet County Two. Fuck Squatch. <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. So full disclosure, I stole the story of Fuck Squatch from Patton Oswald. Um, listen to that skit if you haven't. I also um, noticed you mentioned Uncle Touchy's naked puzzle basement. Yes, you did. Yes, yes you did. Yes. Uh, you won't wear a shirt and you'll cry. <laughs> Another great Patton skit. And, of course, I, I, I threw out uh, Mitch Hedberg, which we pretty much do every show. But my two, very quickly... Um, uh, ideas. One is, is the beating up wildlife. And I don't care what anybody says. I'll fuck a baboon up for South Africa. I, I think I can do that. Uh, at least the small ones. You just got to give them a swift kick. Um, and then a spoof, and this is actually much more serious and would be kind of cool. Have you guys thought about doing any kind of like satirical comedy? Like, you know, the guys that did like uh, a Spinal Tap, you know, who also mm-hmm. did the thing on the dog, like Best in Show. Like, those guys. Oh, to, yeah, those mockumentary kind of things. To yeah. do that for the wine industry, in the beverage industry, and make fun of all the douches <laughs> in our industry, you know, like the tasting and giving out excessive wine descriptions. And there's all the a limited and, audience for that, but there are a lot of but, people. But, but <laughs> there's a limited audience for people that, that fucking watch, you know, Westminster, dog wherever shows. the dog yeah, show is. Mm-hmm. And that show was awesome. True mm-hmm. enough. You mm-hmm. know, so, I mean, it, it, you know, if you're interested. <laughs> I guess. It's not bad. Well, there's those mockumentaries that, like, Andy Samberg and those guys. Oh, like, the, pop the, star. The, the sports ones, like the tennis and the bicycling. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some potential Seven there. Days in Hell and Tour de Pharmacy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> those are good. So, um, <laughs> David, you wrote this, right? I did, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always heard from different screenwriter friends, as much as we keep talking about filming, that, like, they nobody that's ever, like, optioned anything or had anything optioned, but, like, write a film for, like, where you want to spend your next year of your life in case it does get optioned. So, like, you know, you're going to end up having to tra- uh, trail along with a director or whatever. But, I mean, so, like, did that have like, any impact on you writing it in, in bourbon country? Like, wanting to kind of come back to... Where you went to school, um, hang around the bourbon trail a little bit. I think uh, I I wish it did. I because uh, you know you you've heard that story. Adam Sandler now basically does <laughs> movies based I, off I, of vacations. No, well I, he I actually not a huge yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably why. Oh, yeah. um, no, but actually um, a lot of it was you know a little bit of a practical concern of Josh and I. Kind of we wanted our first film to be very personal in like both the kind of story sense like the material but also just a a very surface level thing so we thought it'd be really fun to kind of show off the area that we were from and and you know some of the locations that we filmed at we 
remember from growing up. And so it's, it's just kind of a fun personal thing to do. But honestly, we joke about this every time is for some reason we're drawn to movies that are like nighttime, cold, winter, rain, desert. It's all extremes. There's no mansion in Malibu. For some right, reason, yeah. I, I actually need to start thinking in those terms, though, because yeah, it's a good because point. Because you really go the total opposite direction. To make everybody miserable. I mean, he's miserable. pitched a, a film to me in the middle of Montana in the dead of winter and the middle <laughs> of the desert in the middle of summer. Like, veto. is no sense of, of reason. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't, I think it, I think a lot of it is just in terms of, I, I always like my favorite movies. Um, I don't like, um. <laughs> When people say, well, the movie was not real or realistic or something, right. movies are supposed to be heightened. And I always like so extremes. Like the whole Marvel, you know, like Avenger thing. Like, the, the, there's no way those are real. No, no. <laughs> but but, but it, I think in general, just like my favorite movies are extreme situations, you sure. know, and that like not mundane stuff, but really just putting characters through the ringer. And, and the most obvious way to do that is just as like the setting and the weather and the environment is, is rough on them, you know? So you put this, or this is a really a kind of personal film. Like this is the first big film you guys have done together as Mr. Pictures. Um, like, I mean, how did you guys get kind of you through on, in that screenplay? I mean, is there personal experiences down on the trail that like yeah. led to this yes really yeah well there's there's some like actually the the you a lot of it buried treasure and <laughs> we didn't find any of it. <laughs> otherwise would have funded the movie <laughs> right yeah my damn middle of the but trip on the beach you, documentary. you, you yeah. notice there's only two of us there used to be four <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, a lot of it was uh putting our foot forward the first movie we wanted to just take a lot of the elements that we've kind of shared as friends so like going to all the distilleries was one of them. Uh, shooting near where we are from was another. Um, there's even, um, right before we started doing this, uh, Josh got married and I was his best man and the whole thing's about a bachelor party. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of just those kinds of things, just us in a blender, you know, and also just the subject matter. There's a lot of camping in it and we've always enjoyed camping and that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's a lot of very like basic things that, that we just threw together. You, um, you said earlier that you sort of the genre of film that you, that you like or, or has inspired you. Or is, is there, for both of you, is there a particular director um, and or some particular films um, that people might be familiar with? So nothing, you know, too, too er uh, esoteric, but, you know, obviously we're not talking about, you know, it doesn't have to be like ultra mainstream film or anything like that. I know our mainstream Jurassic Park yeah. and um, Lawrence of Arabia are my two. Oh yeah, those are on either side film. of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. yeah, both great, awesome. I'm, great I'm a huge fan, director wise. I, I love Kubrick. Um, you know, like brilliant. Yeah, I I, I think I, I could watch uh, a Clockwork Orange, which I know is such a fucked up movie, but I I I just love it. Um, I think I saw that, that before you were born. <laughs> probably. But Dr. Smart parents let me watch shit that you shouldn't let <laughs> kids watch. watch. Uh, Dr. Strange loves like up in my oh top my two comedies. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. But then my favorite movie of all time, which is, I, I, I'm never ashamed to say this, but I love The Rock. 
um, with with Nicolas Cage. That's and extremely Sean entertaining. It man. is such. I mean, that one epitomizes 1990s action. Films. Yeah, it totally. It, does. It's just it's wonderful in every way. You don't want to love it because Nick Cage is in it, but it's uh, like ah, uh, he's so he's fine for that role and Connery and the whole Bond tie-in. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's a, a Bond spoiler. Sequel. I know it was 25 years ago, but right. <laughs> uh, this uh, if you haven't seen it yet. This Halloween, I'm going to go as Nicolas Cage in um, uh, Con Air. So, like, Perfect. I, uh, I went to visit a put buddy of mine in St. Thomas. Put the bunny back in the box. And then so, he pays it off. Why didn't he put the bunny back in the box? <laughs> so funny story. We we actually love Nicolas Cage just to a fault. And the, you especially. Me especially. I drag him into it. And so <laughs> the film that I was talking about where we had the SWAT team called on us, uh, we were shooting that one around Halloween and we took the day off and all of us dressed up like different Nicolas Cage characters. Oh, that's amazing. And Dude, then we, with we this one, we so we had our world premiere back in October at the Austin Film Festival down in Texas, and our one of our screenings fell on Halloween, and so we both dressed up like Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. characters. David was... Uh, National Treasure. National Treasure, <laughs> and I went as Ghost Rider. Nice. So and I totally respect the Con Air thing. You got to do it. It's, it's kind of like a, like a takeoff of uh, the there's a there's an annual competition used to be. I'd heard about it where like different authors would try to emulate um, Ernest Hemingway, um, and it was done kind of tongue in cheek, like how you know how horribly can we sound like you know Ernest Hemingway thing. But the Nicolas Cage thing, I I visited a buddy of mine in St. Thomas a year and a half or a couple years ago or something. And uh, I was just wearing like a wife beater and had my hair down. I had my scruff going on. I got up there and he he was working at the you know the Ocean Bar, is beautiful beautiful place at the Marriott in St. Thomas. And uh, he was like Nicholas Cage, and I was like, holy shit, I, I just need a bunny. You know, so like, I just need a bunny. Jeans, a white you know tank top with some stains on it, hair down, and a fucking bunny, man. That's like the most low maintenance. <laughs> I just awesome. need a bunny. That's gonna be the next T-shirt. The Arthur, we got a whole line yeah, of I, Arthur I, Black I, shirts. I just need a bunny. Incredibly, what was it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the best gifts, uh, I don't know if you trade gifts with friends, those kind of like moving pictures, they're like a little bit of like short clips with no sound. It's just kind of oh, like yeah, users' yeah. reactions, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one of the best ever is from Con Air. It's when he steps off the bus and he kind of looks into the sun and it slows down and his hair blows. <laughs> oh, yeah, just man. Looks so- Beautiful. It's just a perfect reaction. I'm gonna shot. have to carry a fan with me on Halloween. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. just brace or, that or shit Or maybe up. you can just blow, blow his hair. Yeah, just I'm just gonna that. walk around with a yeah. fan or yeah. like a- all the more awkward. We just went from a low maintenance <laughs> costume to a very high maintenance high costume. Maintenance. <laughs> We're all just uh, people following around with fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm gonna get you stuck at the band that follows. Don't mind them. That's yeah. my band. It's Nicholas Cage as Cleopatra getting fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I had something. Um, well, I know that the guys are short on time today uh, like are there film festivals or screenings that we should be looking out for to like see bullet county yeah we actually um we're still in the middle of our festival run like josh said we just did our premiere at austin but we've got a bunch of festivals coming up but is there like a circuit is there like a festival kinda. season yeah yeah i mean it's kind are of all year round. involved <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to think we're part carney at we this are. point it's true all the moving around we do <laughs> uh <laughs> but no i mean there's festivals throughout the year um, and so like it really kind of kicks off, I feel like with Sundance in January, mm-hmm. uh, which is really tough to get into. And we didn't get into it. Not that we were surprised by that. Um, but that kind of kicks it off each, each year. And then, I mean, there's 
I think there's something like 3,000 festivals worldwide every year. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're going to try and get into as many of them as we can over the course of 2018. Um, but to kind of kick it off, we've got a, we wanted to bring the film back to Indiana and Kentucky where we shot it. And so uh, we're actually starting off this weekend. Here in Indianapolis at the Flicks Brew House. In what Cornwall. day is that? Uh, that's Saturday, February third. And February that 3rd. is its Indiana premiere. Actually, it is it's the oh, first time cool. ever in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're kicking it off with that this Saturday, uh, and then next week we've got showings in Lexington and uh, Louisville and Frankfurt, and then we're finishing it all off back in Evansville, where we're from. Are there um, still spots? On, it's, so it's this Saturday. It's this Saturday. Yep. Uh, then uh, today's uh, what's the day? Today's Monday. I think it's the 29th. Right. Well, we're sitting here. Yeah, but this episode will be up on Wednesday, the 31st. So So there'll be time. Yeah, there's there's time, folks. Is is it full or how do you get tickets? It's getting there. It's it's getting there. But yeah, you can still get tickets. Um, You can either go to the Flicks Brewhouse website. They've got it on there. Or we've got a link to it on our website, which is mrpicturesfilm.com. Mrpicturesfilm.com. And if you forget that, we're also on social media where we've been posting like crazy. It's at mrpicturesfilm. Right. Oh, that's convenient. And there's information yeah. about that, the Indianapolis one and all the Kentucky ones. What time is the, the Saturday event? Saturday is at 7 o'clock. Are you guys going to be putting up the whole festival schedule up on mrpicturesfilm.com? Yeah. Like as, as the year As we find through. them, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. post them all. That's, I, got and, an, I got an event Saturday night that well, blows. So yeah. do I. If you call, like, <laughs> going <laughs> to see Anthrax an event. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I got, a, I got a crazy, super expensive dinner um, that I will not be drinking. At I'll be having more fun. <laughs> yes, you will. You want to go see Anthrax? No, no. There's going to be an 1863 Coyote port at this thing, so I at least have to smell and uh, sip um, that opportunity. I've only had a handful of um, 19th century um, Coyotes and ports. So, well, uh, we're supposed to do a Q and A there, but we've seen it a million times, so maybe we can go to Anthrax. There we go. Maybe we'll be there <laughs> Thrash around a little bit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, you sure as I wouldn't want me at a Q and A session anyway. So that that works out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Excuse me, here, one more, would, one uh, more. Would you Got please one more question. Es- uh, uh, escort the gentleman with the man bun out, please? <laughs> like, we were going to ask this on the podcast, but I uh, totally forgot, so I'm going to ask it now. Um, <laughs> before we do wrap up, though, um, I do want to just get two quick pieces of information from you. We mentioned earlier you guys are straddling the country in L.A. and Boston. I know Ed and I could probably speak to, to one or both of those cities to, to some sort of length about places we've been to. What's your favorite um, bar or restaurant, um, David, for, for L.A., and then Josh in Boston? Uh, same question, favorite bar or restaurant? Uh, my favorite in L.A. is actually on the outskirts. It's called uh, The Old Place, and it is basically you have to drive through deserty hills in the dark, and then you get to this old, like... I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it's... I don't even know what it was, but it's basically like there is, there's a winery right next to a tiny little cabin that's also a restaurant, and everything's cooked in skillets, and they can only fit, like, 40 people in there at a time. And uh, it's just a really neat vibe, especially for some place like L.A., and they've got a bar there, too. But, but you can only drive at night because it's always dark. I mean... I like it just for the bar. bar. I actually think they only are open for dinner. They're one of those places that's only open for like a set period of like like four or five hours each night. And they only have like three times that you can have a reservation. So they bring everybody in at once and then they Kind yeah, of one big yeah, so yeah. How did you find this place? Uh, my friend Kev uh, Del Cole actually introduced me to it, and he's the editor of Bullet County. Oh, so very he's cool. also into like weird 
go in the dark sort of <laughs> weird drive through the desert kind yeah. of situations. <laughs> uh, so to, to preference that plug uh, for our listeners or would be travelers, I think you can drive there in the daytime. Sure. Uh, <laughs> they may not be open, but you can drive. They will it. likely not be open, but this is not a mysterious place that pops open only uh, at a. It's not like a just a, a night walker, you know. Yeah. You 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 can drive it in the daytime. It's, it's still, more than still, when you're walking through the star field. Yeah, right. and still play banjo music while you're driving, <laughs> just for the ambiance. The, See, the you have to bring your own banjo player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I would like to Ready say that suggests that that banjo is not just like a Midwestern or um, Appalachia. Um, instrument. So, uh, <laughs> Josh, um, actually, it's not even the, that's not the pr- no, pronunciation banjo, of Appalachia, is it? It's like it's Appalachia. Appalachia. Appalachia, yeah. Well, Steve Martin's a really good banjo yeah. player. I he, is. He, he was, he was oh, from incredible. Appalachia. Um, no, he is a, a good banjo player. Yeah. Uh, Josh, favorite place, Boston? Um, well, I, I, this is not really that extravagant, but there's there's this little dive bar like half a mile from our house called Kelleher's. It's, it's over in the West West Roxbury part of Boston, and I just love going. It's just like a little neighborhood. It's all regulars, and we just kind of stumbled upon it because it's half a mile away, and I just I love going there. Um, although I will say a really cool place that my wife and I just found um, not not too long ago is uh, is a little distillery uh, just up north of Boston called Short Path, and uh, they make a, a different gin for every season of the year, um, and they've also got a really good rum, and uh, they're I think they're working on their whiskey right now. But just a charming little place uh, that it's kind of cool to just. Uh, I mean, I would rather hear two recommendations from two different people along those lines and in those genre places of just comfort and cool scene and vibe and, and people and ambiance versus some, you know, crazy club where you're doing, you know, fucking Coke on rails and shit. Yeah. We're not in that city. You know? <laughs> Boston's got some really cool, like there's so many cool little dive bars and stuff. It's there's, true. I mean, yeah. I, I love those places. We always hunt them down whenever we're out of town. Um, do you guys have any hangover cures? You know, like I, we always wrap up every episode with like, what are those after that night out of your favorite <laughs> bars? Is it driving through the desert on the way back? You're just like, there's no cars on the road. We can sober up a little bit on the way back. That's right. <laughs> just puke in the Uber. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They charge <laughs> yeah. you extra for that. I've, right. I've heard. Just don't hit the cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's liquid B12. Yeah. I found that that works pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you do it beforehand, because I don't know what it is, but it kind of like, just preps you. That's for, tough, um, tough to remember that. Yeah, it's it's t- yeah because you have to plan on it, and sometimes you just you don't plan on <laughs> right. Yeah, you, some just, nights. you just carry it with you. You yeah. know, I mean, you got oh, that's little, true. Yeah, there you go. Throw in the car Default to it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got my little leather liver bag now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't sound like how you think it sounds. <laughs> it sounds like a Victorian euphemism. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> My responses are multifaceted. Um, uh, that, sounded just like Mitch I, the, that sounded just like Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> the uh, one that always works for me is just like a hardcore jog. Um, oh back when man. we were in college, I mean, it is painful as fuck. Yeah, it is. If you can make it through jogging. that first mile, you can make it through that just, oh, the horrible headache. <laughs> it, it works for me every time. There was When we were in college, we spent a semester in England, and we would always go out to these bars that were about three miles from the campus we were on. And I ne- I'm such a cheapskate. I never wanted to pay for a cab. And so I would sprint the three miles home at like oh. three in the morning 
Never had a hangover. This sounds terrible. It was, no, it was, it was the stupidest fucking idea. Well, I want to see works. you start now because you know it's like dodging <laughs> sniper fire. Like, run three steps to the right. Run three steps to the left. Shit, there's that cactus I wasn't supposed to run into. Well, and see, in England? And, and see, I, hold on, I ran too far. I, I realized there was a fallacy to my joke, and thanks for fucking pointing it out. Well, and see, we'd already had taken the cab, and we'd get back to the place, and it'd just be waiting 45 minutes going, hope Josh makes it. <laughs> In the dark. Um, did you guys, uh, were you roommates? Or did you, yeah. yeah, we were roommates in college at UE, and then we took a semester abroad where they also just randomly placed us as roommates there, too. That's kind of so weird. Kind of cool. yeah. kooky. Yeah. The universe universal, wants us to keep working. Yeah, man, yeah. some universal mojo going on yeah. there. Now I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys crank out in the future. I mean, obviously you're young, you have a really bright career in front of you, like, I haven't seen anything but the trailers. I would like to see the film as soon as possible. I'm not going to be able to see it Saturday, but I am going to like hunt it down because it looks fantastic. And like you mentioned it very briefly, but I mean, you've got some pretty badass like cast members, like faces that everybody would recognize. Richard Reilly, who did, did he's so awesome. Oh, he's the best. From Office Space. Yeah. 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 He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, <laughs> that's a, I mean, his, like a lot of the actors, you know, have been in like everything. You know, you can't put your finger on one or this or that, but you're like, who I know office that guy. Spaces? Do you remember the guy who did the jump to conclusions, Matt? You know, like... Yeah! <laughs> yeah. yeah! Yeah. Okay. Nicest right. guy in the world. All right. Nice. I was thinking he, of, of you know, the if office you, for If you second, told me he was an space. asshole, I would just be crushed because like he oh, looks like he would be the nicest guy in the world man yeah he's just got that nice like when he smiles that squint and he always has the mustache yeah. <laughs> so how many people have worked in an office with someone that is extremely like the character that he portrayed in office space because i got a couple in the office right now no names i haven't worked in an office for a while but yeah it was no. plenty oh yeah so um, i mean this is your full-time gig now right guys yep yeah no jobs anything like that no, this is our job. Yeah. This is our job right now. Yeah. yeah. That's inspiring. It, That's really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, how can uh, people follow you? How can you know, Instagram, Facebook? You mentioned it already, but. Facebook, know. Twitter, Instagram at mrpicturesfilm.com. The website's mrpicturesfilm.com. And we update everything pretty regularly. So if you, you know, want to keep in touch and see like when it might be coming to your area. Festival-wise, we update everything. As soon as we find out, we get excited, and then we post stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. for our man. And, I mean, and people can, you know, if you want to send us direct messages, if you got, like, questions or whatever, like, we're, we're very active on there. We, we chatter with people all the time, so don't be scared to hit us up. Send gifts, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I can give you Josh's Nick, phone Nick number. Cage, you know. <laughs> hey, man, you guys let me know about that drunk, beaten-up animals thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And I uh, let me... There goes uh, our PETA sponsorship. <laughs> I was just about to make a PETA address. Uh, I'm a pacifist. I don't really beat up animals. It's a fucking joke. Unless it's on film. Um, right. <laughs> You'll make an exception. <laughs> I would make an exception for it, but it wouldn't be like beat up. It'd be like slap boxing. You know, I just fucking knock slap the... Slap I would just slap around the koala a little bit. I wouldn't fucking go for the throat. Um, all he was right. Is it only it. animals that are smaller than you, like koalas? Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that you started no, no, there. No, no, no. Like not a kangaroo, because a kangaroo oh, gets your ass. off at the top. Oh, no, I, I'll, I'll fucking take on a kangaroo, man. Yeah. You just got to hit first, man. Have you seen those videos where a guy tries to fight it? and it I've just... also seen videos where the dude hit it first because yeah. he was getting a little bit crazy, and he was like, fuck it, and just like right hook the kangaroo. Kangaroo's like, I don't know what's going on. Now That's stay away. Move. Stay away from the feet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Realize mm -hmm. they're kind of like it's kind of like fighting a small Tyrannus Rex, but with much not sharp teeth, much duller <laughs> teeth. You just got to watch out for that foot shit. But I, I would at least try. 
I love how much thought you've put into this. Yeah. So we mentioned how he's an insomniac. This is what keeps him up at night. He's got strategies for different species. Strategies. He's got like a flow chart. Goldfish. If they punch right, I wouldn't fight. they have claws, yes or no. I would not fight a bull. That's definitely on the list. And I'm reluctant to fight a full-size bear. I'm reluctant. Um, he's, he's not <laughs> refusing. He's reluctant. I would do the, the bear if I had swords. Well, oh, you can have weapons? Yeah. Well, this is well, changing just with a bear. Oh, just with a, okay. <laughs> the fucking bear. I it's mean, like, it's like a, a kind of uh, who wants to be a millionaire. You have that one, like, phone a friend, but you can phone a sword <laughs> yeah. or something. Hey, man, I saw Legend of the Falls. I know what it's like to fucking fight a bear. <laughs> It'll be like God, I can't talk either now. <laughs> you guys are out of control. It'd be, be just like Brad Pitt with a cowboy hat and the most beautiful hair ever, stabbing the finger of a bear and acquiring his nail. <laughs> yeah, right. Putting a nail on a necklace, which is hella cool. I know this was a highlight of your media tour that you're doing across <laughs> all of the, the I country. Say, yeah. I didn't have any fighting animals material. You guys threw us off, off base with that. Curveball, man. Curveball. Curve <laughs> I mean, we looked at it, we're like, these are intelligent guys. They're in the film business. They've got this new film coming out, living in LA, living in Boston. How can we trip them up? <laughs> well, fighting animals. Fighting animal it, it was a very short conversation. <laughs> I didn't even bring up Amsterdam. <laughs> no, you did not. Listen, for the first, well, you have now. I you, have now. You, you did now. Yeah, we can't. We've Stop t- me before I start talking about the <laughs> ship carts. <laughs> we're already doing that because we're wrapping up. But, gentlemen, this has been awesome. Uh, I very much hope that we cross paths again soon. Absolutely. Um, Thank you guys thank so you. much for having us in. This yeah, has been a pleasure. Blast. And congratulations for you guys to, you know, grab you know life by the balls and, and squeezing very hard. Um, I've never said that before as a compliment. But, it's a new one. but, but essentially, that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. You're, you're living a fucking dream. It's awesome. Too many people don't do that. Yeah, as a quick reminder before we're out of here, um, that is this uh, coming Saturday, February 3rd. At Flicks Brewhouse, mm-hmm. um, com. You can get all the details, or uh, you said that it's at flicksbrewhouse.com, maybe? Yep. Um, but you can get tickets there. So, yeah, definitely check it out and uh, send us a tweet, mention us on Instagram or whatever, let us know what you think of the film. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to catch it at a later screening. So, again, thank you so much, gentlemen. And uh, until next time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Josh thank Dave you. is awesome. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers.